the last session that we had, we uh, left kind of hanging in the middle the uh, the inyan of Biata Mashiach, the coming of the Mashiach. And we had already explained to a great extent that uh, what people believe and what they're praying for in the way of Mashiach from a... Uh, from a Zoric point of view, it seems to be uh, completely different. Completely different. Something else entirely. So I think it's important that since uh, also this week is um, is Kriyat Yamsuf, and again, uh, we are not of the opinion that Kriyat Yamsuf was, uh, was a small matter that happened in history, and that it is not something that we can participate and rather just assume it's a story and uh, another of those great miracles. But we, sh- I want to give this uh, introduction at the very beginning that the entire uh, uh, action and the entire uh, activity that took place in Kriyat Yamsuf, right there lies the, all the power, the only power that the Jew has to bring Biata Mashiach. Because there, for the first time, there for the first time, mind over matter ruled. For the first time. Because all of the ten plagues was not against the natural course of history. You know, it says that uh, some of the plagues, even the Egyptians, you know, could turn water into blood, but they didn't turn the water into a solid. They turned it into blood. Uh, the second plague was Sephardea, you know, the frogs. They didn't create something that didn't exist. But what happened was, these frogs interfered with the, with the normal life of people, but it was not a new creation. It was not against uh, the, uh, the natural stream of, 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 of the order and principles of the universe. All of them, all of them. Uh, you would even say um, the uh, the creating of three nights of darkness, three nights of darkness. So you would say, wasn't that wasn't that something? Even from Washington, they flew in. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that was something new? Because generally, we are uh, accustomed to be, there being twenty four hours in the day. Uh, part of the day is day and part of the day is night. And see here, there was a miracle that there were three nights of darkness. But again, the darkness itself was not a new creation. Darkness existed. It was not against. It was not against the natural uh, order of things. What Moshe did was say, son, you know, hold off for a while. But he didn't change. He didn't change uh, the sun from never appearing again or changing the characteristic of the sun. When the sun would shine, it would shine. There are times when the sun is told not to shine. So, Kriyat Yamsuf, there was an action that went against the natural laws and order of the universe. Water flows. It does not stop. It's a tendency of liquid to reach out, spread out. And suddenly here, it came to a, an abrupt halt. So that, for us, says the Zohar, was the first time 
that uh, there was a display of mind over matter. In other words, to teach us once and for all that we are in control of Homer. We are in control, we can be, I shouldn't say, we are in control, meaning potentially we can all control the entire physical universe and everything that is around us. And all of the secrets on how to control and master the physicality of this universe is disclosed right there in Pasha B'Shalach. And that is, as uh, which has been commonly now known to be referred to as the 72 names. The 72 names. In fact, um, since we are doing a video on page, uh, I believe it's Nun, uh, Nun Aleph. Yeah, okay, Nun Aleph. We have here a chart, page 51 in the Hebrew Zohar. We have a chart here of 72 names, how they were constructed and what the purpose of them are and when they are to be used and so on. But this is the entire secret of the 72 names. One masters this, and he can only master it when his head is in the right place. So we don't have to worry that, I mean, how do you, how does Rabbi uh, Shimon or even Rabbi Ashlag, you know, draw these diagrams that has for shalom, it can fall into the wrong hands. The old, the old reason, but uh, we know there is a safety valve. And for those who are not ready, because their head trip is somewhere else, they're into egos, they're into money. Well, I'm not, and I'm not here to condemn either one of those. One can remain an egotist, and one can remain completely absorbed in the accumulation of wealth. We are not here to judge, nor to suggest that one should refrain or not refrain. What we are saying is that one must be on a totally spiritual course to be able to make use of it. And, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to let go of what, of where you are. So, no matter what the future can bring us in terms of the 72 names, but meanwhile, you know what they say about uh, one hand, one bird in a, in a hand is worth two in a bush. Maybe this will bring me all the other things. But meanwhile, what I have, I want to hold on to. So, but in any event, this, this contains the entire secret of the power by which the Jews were taught how to control the, uh, the universe. And of course, Pasha Bishalach at that moment meant Biat HaMashiach. That was Biat HaMashiach. And it is the strangest Pasha that you will find in any of the Pashiot of the entire Torah. Because here in Bishalach, we find the Jew with his old familiar expression, what did you do for me today? You know what that means. You could have done everything for him yesterday, but today you may not have done what he needed or what he wanted. And so he forgets everything of the past. And the question is, what did you do for me today? The, the expression of this Pasha is incredible. How they... How uh, before, before the Kriyat Yamsu, when they saw the Egyptians, it would have been better off to have remained in Egypt. I mean, suddenly, like, who's going to save them? Not Moshe. I mean, all he can do is bring ten plagues, maybe, uh, on, on Egypt, and maybe get them out of Egypt. No, but, and then after the Kriyat Yamsuf, 
No water. Who's going to bring them water in the desert? I mean, that's an impossible feat. Moshe could never bring them water in the... In the and we're talking, incidentally, we should not belittle this generation, because Rabbi Shimon refers to this generation as the Dordea. The Dordea, meaning the generation that had total connection with knowledge. Knowledge of tomorrow and knowledge of today. All right? So, these, these two aspects of Mashiach in Beshalach and Mashiach in, uh, in um, uh, Shemot, that we had kindly, uh, uh, kind of abruptly stopped. And also, if I have a chance, and I hope I will, to discuss the two aspects of Mashiach, whether you know this or not, but there are two Mashiachim, or two types of Mashiach. There is Mashiach ben David, and there is Mashiach ben Yosef. Imagine, I guess they need two people to bring them, you know, one is not enough. We need two to come along and save the world. So whatever that means, we'll discuss. But let us go into uh, some of the background, and if we have time, this is a much deeper consideration of Mashiach in uh, Bereshit Aleph, for those of you who want to pursue it. Bereshit Aleph, it's page 202, Reshbet.